0: I shut up your hand and understand I'll be frozen in time till we meet face to face and you tell me your mind. If I find you, girl, I swear I'll be a good man. I'm not gonna leave it in destiny's hands. I can't sit and wait for my princess to arrive. I gotta struggle and fight to keep my dream alive. I search the whole world for that special girl. When I finally find you, watch a love unfurl. I
1: need love. Hi, this is Bab's rolls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut. And you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. Girl, listen to me. Woo! When i be sitting on all alone. <laughs> Can you hear me all right, Harry? Happy Monday. <laughs> Let me tell you. So uh it, it was a little chaotic trying to uh log in this morning uh so forgive 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 it's 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 just i gotta upgrade my system and uh and i'm gonna i'm gonna do that because <laughs> this is a pain in the ass i'm babs Rolls ivy welcome to love babs love talk and uh it's monday all right, so let me get into a couple of things. Let me get into a couple of things. I know we're all in 9-11, 9 11 mode, right? Everybody is we, you know, we're we're remembering 22 years ago today. Uh I was home recovering from surgery. My then husband was with me. Otherwise, he would have been in New York City uh that day cuz he worked for Metro North and at that particular time, uh I think he was in the executive management program and so he would have been in New York in Midtown Um, but he was with me because I had surgery the day before two days a couple of days before so I was home recuperating so so uh, I remember that day uh, because our phone was blowing up people were calling the house in those days we had a house phone and we had uh, cell phones and people were just like and I guess people forgot that I had surgery and that I was home so people were calling us up, calling us up. Uh, and then finally he answered. We answered because we were asleep or whatever. You know, I was heavily medicated, whatever the hell it was. And uh, uh, they were like, are you watching the TV? You know, we find my, I think I finally, my sister, she's like, what the hell is wrong with y'all? Why are not you answering the phone? Is Lawrence with you? I said, yeah, he's with me. I'm right here. You know, I was I had surgery a few days ago. I'm, I'm home. She goes, oh. You might want to turn on the news. And so uh, we get up out of bed because we didn't have a TV in our room because in those early days of our marriage, I was adamant that we weren't going to have TV in our bedroom. And we didn't have TV in our bedroom for like a decade because, you know, the bedroom is for sleeping and sleeping. <laughs> so we had we never had TV in our bedroom. We lived on uh, 30 Hollick Avenue. We didn't have TV in the bedroom when we had the apartment either. The, the TV was in the living room um so anyway uh so i had to get up anyway because you know after surgery they want you to get up and move around so um so we got up and went uh to the tv and that's when we saw uh all the happenings and uh i think that was the first time i ever seen my husband cry because he was just overwhelmed and then he immediately because you know his ex-wife and his daughter lived in New York. So he immediately got on the phone to uh, connect with them. And, you know, all the phones were down. I mean, it was just a, it was just a tough day. I mean, it really was a tough day. So here we are 22 days later. And, uh, and so, so I want to say that, you know, 22 years later and, and the survivors, the first responders who went into that building within five seconds, um, who who was there cleaning up rubble and looking for bodies. You know, they suffered greatly. And uh, and they're still fighting for benefits, which is so unconscionable that nobody in this country should leave a stage today from 9-11, 9/11 tributes without saying, and let us take care of these first responders. How the hell are we haggling with these people? They don't have a whole lot of time. These people got all kinds of illnesses. All kinds, their families are struggling. What is happening? And I watched Jon Stewart go before Congress time and time and time and time again begging Congress to do their job and to take care of these people. Because if these people didn't run into this building, these people weren't first on the scene, God knows where we would be. So that's where my attention is today. That's 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 what I want the whole country to stand up and say. Take care of, of the folks who are still alive and the folks who they have left behind in their families. It is unconscionable, it is unconscionable that we don't have, that we are still in Congress haggling over how much we should pay for these people's health care and all the things that they are due until they all are gone generation to generation. We owe them a huge debt, a huge debt. And the fact that we're not paying it says America ain't nothing but scam artists. We we are setting ourselves up just to be I mean, listen, all right, we done we don't we already know you renege on, you know, uh uh Americans, the founders and all these other people reneged on treaties to the indigenous people, they reneged on Emancipation 40 Acres in the Mew. They reneged on so many damn things. You know, they're reneging on a woman's right to choose. They're reneging on affirmative action. You know, so America is really just hustlers, users, and scam artists. And before anybody across the world who listens to me starts that, oh, you should leave America, I, shut up. Because th- what makes America great is the criticism of America. That's what makes America great. Yes, all the freedoms, but the freedoms to criti- criticize our 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 government, the lawmakers, and each other is what makes America great. So the fact that these first responders to 9-11 still have to haul their sick asses in front of Congress or what's left of their family members, who's left behind, have to go in front of have to go in front of Congress and tell them how their lives are still destroyed because of this is a it's it's akin to a sin since people like to thump a bible all the time it's akin to a sin and i and i mean that and i will challenge anybody so while everybody is you know drag out their fine words for 9-11 oh thank you and let us never forget and you know you know before we before we start that foolishness you know we never forget fly flags everybody up everybody's ass about it you know uh take care take care of the folks who responded that that's that that's the that's the the greatest humanitarian effort that you could do so so while everybody's all up in their feelings about 9-11 today and, and and people across this country is flying flags, half mass and all this other kind of stuff and bands and, you know, and everybody's got a story and, you know, we drag people in front of us and, oh, maybe we never forget. Maybe never forget. Oh, let's not forget. Well, we have forgotten that's the cruelty of this. We have forgotten when we want to haggle with these people about paying their medical bills and their ongoing care and they're and they're they're they are debilitated. They can't work anywhere. Pay that. I don't give a damn what the bill is. Pay it. We owe it. Do you understand when you owe something when you owe, when you owe, you have to pay. So pay. So while everybody is at their little desk today with their little flags and rem- reminiscing about where they were, just as I did a few minutes ago, reminiscing about where we were for 9-11. All well and good. Drop, drop your drop your, your uh, congressional leadership uh, a little letter saying, I need y'all to handle the first responders of 9-11. I need you to put whatever the money I don't give a damn what it is. Pay these people and keep paying them. Keep paying them. Keep paying them, whatever. Keep paying them. I don't want to hear nothing else. I don't want to hear no excuses. I don't want to hear nothing. Pay these people. Take care of these people. Take care of them. They put their, they ran in a, listen, y'all better be glad my ass wasn't a a, a first responder. Because I'm going to tell you right now. (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now. So, so while we're in this, you know, cause America, we love, you know, we love sentimentality, boy. We'll, we'll get our panties in a bunch about sentimentality. Oh, let us not forget. All right. Okay. You know, what says that best paying these people what they are owed and what they deserve. That That's what says it best. That's, that's, that's what, that's what says we care about the, 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 the sacrifice that you made on behalf of this country. That's all I'm gonna say. So while you all are out covering all these, while everybody's out, you know, bowing their heads for moments of silence, bells are ringing all across this country. You know, may we never forget, lest we don't forget. Oh, blah 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 blah. Yeah, but 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 we don't got no problems with these people begging for health health coverage. You know, begging begging for the insurance companies to you know not not not. To, to take care of the outstanding debts and stuff like that. But like, may we never forget that. May we never forget. Cause that's how that's how I'm taking this. When I when I hear never never forget, that's what I'm listening to. So so all right, wave your flags, play all the little patriotic music, put on your little patriotic, you know, t-shirts, which, you know, whatever. <laughs> Do all do all the things. Go ahead. but remember this, these folks are still suffering. They're still trying to get approval for medication. Uh, they still need help with their living expenses. you know They, they still need to make uh, a way for their family and their loved ones. you know uh, There are children who who were born at the time this happened. In their, and lost mothers and fathers who they will never know. And they need to be taken care of, you know, for the rest of their lives because their parents paid the ultimate sacrifice. And the least we can do, the very least we can do is to take care of them and honor the memory of their loved ones. And and by honor, I don't mean another damn statue or some other thing. And statues are fine, I, I got, listen, I don't got nothing against statues unless they're Confederate in nature. You know, I've not been to the World Trade Center um, memorial thing. You know, because when I was in grad school, I used to walk up that way all the time. So I haven't been up there since, you know, because I worked in Tribeca, so I could walk up. There was a, I had a favorite little Indian restaurant that I would go to. I would go up and then I would go to Century, Century, whatever the little store was right there. I think that, I think it's back. I think a few years ago they reopened. You know, but I used to go up to the World Trade Center because you know what? Tickets, tickets, tickets was up on the World Trade Center. So if you wanted tickets to the Broadway show, instead of going to ticket, tickets, tickets, tickets in Broadway, you know, down in Times Square, you could um, you could make your way to the uh, World Trade Center on I don't know, 20th floor, floors. floor, uh, or you could go to Windows on the World. Remember Windows on the World the, uh, restaurant? You go there and eat. So I'm just saying. So, yes, we are all in remembrance mode. And that's a good thing. But let's also remember that for for some of our fellow Americans, this 9-11 is still happening. It is still very much alive for them. And that's what we have to remember, that this is not over because we built a... a a memorial in the place where the World Trade Center stood. That it is not over for these families and that this is a lifetime commitment that we must make to them as citizens and as humans. We make this to them. So, so I just long to say, so may we never forget. May we never forget. So and and if you don't believe me go go to youtube and look up uh john stewart just go look up john stewart's stuff cuz he's this is his fight it's like a personal personal mission with him and uh, he's uh he's quite passionate about this and i i share his passion and he has been their advocate and their champion And he's been using harsh language with them. And whatever platform that he has, he has used it for good. I'm just saying. So, so yeah. So while we are, while we are all uh, in remembrance mode, let us be remembering all the right parts of 9-11. The unfinished business parts of 9-11. Let us, let us get there. Let us get there. So, all right. Let me tell you about my weekend. Let me tell you about my weekend. I had a good weekend. You know, I like to. I, you know, I like to tell you from from Thursday because I wasn't here Friday, but Thursday, I was on air, and uh, I had the uh, the AKAs. Um, I had Dori Dumas and uh, and her president, uh, her chapter president on. And it talked about the fete en noir, which is coming up on uh next Saturday. Next Saturday. Next Saturday. So that's gonna be great. So so that was Thursday. And uh uh and then I went to the uh I was the uh, MC for the International Festival of Arts and Ideas Gala, which was held in Lost in New Haven, and Lost in New Haven is this big warehouse of a museum. Um, that uh, let me see, do I have the Yes, I have my little book here. So it was the the Rise Gala. You see it. It was really nice. So uh, uh, Robert Greenberg owns this building or has this building. And he's over the last 20 years, he's been curating New Haven artifacts. You know, he's collected and assembled historical New Haven antiques and artifacts. And these artifacts are now gathered in a cabinet of curiosities called Lost in New Haven. So it's not open to the public yet, uh, but he's got 382 years worth of stuff. This ain't your grandparents' attic, or or maybe it is. Uh, it was incredible. So... So I was there and I was looking fabulous. Thank you Winter Carson, Madam Blush for giving my face the magic. So you get there and it's it's a giant warehouse of sorts, but it's it's cool. And it's huge. Big space, giant space. Like you could you I mean the cocktail Volkswagen Beetle minivan was in there. <laughs> Like they drove it in. <laughs> I was like, okay. So they had cocktails. The cocktail car uh, was there slinging cocktails, which was amazing. So, uh, so, Lost in New Haven is is gonna is a museum space and it's going to be an event space so people can host stuff which which lends itself to hosting stuff although just be mindful that the acoustics in there are not i mean if you're going to have a talking piece you have to bring people closer together cuz it is a big space and even though i had a microphone and i have a big voice i felt it was a little hollowish you know uh, but but also i think people are just so happy to be together and talking and catching up with people that you know sometimes uh, a whole a, a, a event like that people are just so happy to talk and be with each other that you know they don't shut up <laughs> they, just don't, they just don't shut up so so i i was happy to be there it was fun i enjoyed it um the food was done by uh sold to cuba which is always you know it's always a treat they had some good food you know you know, and it wasn't a whole lot of food. Right. So it wasn't like when you go to Anthony's out there in in, in the cove, It ain't like that, you know, because you go to Anthony's event, they just keep food coming. You know, the Italians love to just keep feeding people. But not so to Cuba. They give you they give you enough food so you feel like you get a real good taste. And there was a lot. What they had was a lot but it wasn't a lot of choice. Like it was a chicken. And uh, so what I did, they had a vegan vegetarian station and then they had like, you know, chicken and rice and whatever else. So I got, I filled up my plate with some vegetables and then I got some chicken over it. That's what, So I had to go like two places, you know, cause I didn't want to just eat rice cause you know, fat. Uh, no, Me fat. So that was good. So it was such a good time. Sean McAllister uh, had a killer playlist. It was fun. It was. It really was a fun time. I I really enjoyed that. I loved the space. It was great to see people. I saw people that I hadn't seen in a while. Uh, I had to check somebody because uh, this this woman, ch- t- I'm not going to call her name because she's a lovely woman and she's nice. But let me tell white women stop touching black women's hair. Just stop it. Because we are not pets. And I know it's embarrassing when we call you out and you feel like you must deflect by saying, I touch such and such hair, uh, who was a white woman. But I don't think that woman likes it either. But to stop touching. But for us, for Black people, when you do that to us, you're, what you're saying is I don't see you as equal to me I see you as other like if you were a dog on a leash stop touching black women's hair I don't know how many times I gotta say that mess you know and she's a lovely woman so I'm I'm I you know listen we all we all have our inherent biases and and whatever but don't don't touch me unless I've given you permission and that's, and permission is usually given with dinner and cocktails. (laughs) Well, not always. (laughs) Not not always, (laughs) but most of the time. Don't touch my hair. But other than that, (laughs) it was good. So that was Thursday night. That was good. That was that was a good time. I had a really good time. That was a good time. Thursday night was a good time. Uh I missed the opening festivities for the uh for the African in art in motion, uh, the legacy of Robert Ferris Thompson. So if it's an exhibit, I'm gonna go check it out. I think it is at the Yale Art Gallery. So I'm gonna go see it. And then uh, oh no, the Arts and Ideas Gallery was Saturday night. I don't know why I have all these things in here. Oh, I know why I have this. So that wasn't Thursday night. Thursday, I have Bobby Arts. and I did, That was the the run of show conversation. The actual gala was Friday night, which was nice. Because having things on a Friday night was really good. And I, I got there early enough before it started pouring rain, which was nice. So, so it was good. Um, so I had a good time. So I went. And uh, hung out, went home. It was great. I had a good time. I was tired. Oh, oh, oh let me. <laughs> Friday, I took the to LSAT. Friday morning. That's why I wasn't here Friday morning. So I need something stronger than tea in the morning. I need, honest to God, black ass coffee. So I took the to LSAT Friday morning. Went to the gala Friday night. So Friday morning, I, I took the I took the uh, proctored LSAT. And the proctored LSAT is like, how you see me, they see me. So I'm a, somebody is, is assigned to me. I take the test while they watch me. Just how you see me, this is how they were watching me. You know, you have to go through all these hoops of checking ID, blah, 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 all of that. And so I logged in at 830. And uh, the test, I think, went well. Uh, I had a glitch. I I got to section four. So the sections are, my sections were 53 minutes a piece. So you have 53 minutes to answer 27 questions. Oh Lord, 27 questions. Lord have mercy. And then I have accommodation. So that says, that means I could get up, I could stretch. But every time you get up and stretch or you want to go to the bathroom, you got to check back in and get ID'd and scan the room. Like I had to literally lift up my desktop and scan the ceiling and see the four corners. I had to show where the doors were. I had to show where the floor was. I had to stand up and let them see me. I wore a dress so I didn't have to you know, show pockets because I don't have any pockets. I had to put my hands up. I had to take my glasses off and twirl them in front of the camera, make sure I had to show behind my ears. I mean, so it's a whole it's a whole production every time you want to take a break. And, you know, after a minute, you'll be like, OK, do I really want to take this break? <laughs> do I really want to take this break? Because I want to be going through this. But I, I did it a couple of times. So um, so that was Friday. And then about, I don't know, like 11 uh, o'clock when I was going into the fourth session, the fourth section, um, I had a technical difficulty. So my proctor was like, you have to log out for 10 minutes and then come back in. And I was nervous because I was like, is this going to save my test? Because it's not going to save my test. I can't start this over. (laughs) And, And he goes, well, it should save it. Should. You're not saying that with enough conviction for my taste. But it was saved. So I I logged out for 10 minutes, logged back in, you know, did the security check, and then got back to uh, number. I finished, I logged off the computer uh, by like 1, like one thirty-five or something like that. So it was a a long test. It was long. But once I was done, I was done. I was like, "Mm." once I'm done, baby, I was done. So I was done. And then I chilled for the rest of the afternoon and I went and had my makeup done by winter. And then I went to the gala. The gala was great. I emceed. Um, it was fun. It was such a good time. Um, it really was a good time to see people and to laugh with people. So it was good. Uh, Saturday morning, I uh, got up, went to Lit Fest. Lit Fest was amazing. It really was amazing. It was all about the romance. Romance writers, romance books. Uh, I got to meet Roxanne Gay, uh, who is, she, she is a lot to take just a lot. Like she, she's got a lot. She, she, she's not, she, she, she's a lot, you know, she's got a lot going on. I think, you know, but all her books was there. I bought, let's see, I got my, I got my haul, my book haul. So anyway, what I love about, um, Lit Fest. It was so cool. I got books and I, I got to meet, I was such a fangirl. Uh, it was lovely to meet Roxanne Gay and I had already read Bad Feminist. So she told me to read Difficult Women, which uh, if you line up all the men I've ever gone out with, they would throw this at you and say, and then they would probably put my name like a uh, uh, Babs. Babs is and then difficult women, like they would <laughs> they would throw they would throw this book at me. Uh but I but the joy of the whole thing, couple of joys. I met um uh, Katrina Jackson, Dr. Jackson. Uh so she was there. I met her because I had her on the show just before Lit Fest. So I enjoyed her and I got a chance to meet her and talk to her. So that was another fangirl moment. But Beverly Jenkins. Who we've been having this little email dialogue, and she told me the two books she thought I should read. I, I bet you I probably have this book, but anyway, so I got them, and 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 uh, the the lovely Miss Gay, Roxy and Gay signed my book. I don't even know what she said, but she 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 sort of liked the idea of me calling myself Bad Babs. I meant to tell her, oh, it's Love Babs, girl, I, you know, be difficult. <laughs> she's like be difficult babs be difficult like girl you don't even know to have (laughs) be difficult that should be my middle name (laughs) so anyway i got beverly jenkins topaz she told me to but i already i read one of her books some years ago i was flying i had to fly to california for something and i picked up the book in the airport uh and it was a contemporary romance she's known for her her historical romance so i i i picked up the and I always been meaning to get back to historical romance, and but I had a little bit of a bias about historical romance because I'm thinking, why would who was having romance in slavery times and antebellum South? But after after this conference and after talking to them on my show, and she said, we've always been loving, we've always found ways to be in love, to get married, to grow families. We've all even at the worst of times, and that and that right there shook me out of my my whatever I was having about historical romance because I really was like I I don't want I don't I don't want to hear it (laughs) but she she's convinced me so anyway so she told me start with this book uh uh Topaz and then and then the next one uh something like love so I was like okay girl so I'm gonna put these I'll put these on my my win- I got so many piles of books to read. I hate to say it, but the best time of my life for reading was when I served 28 days, 20, was it 29 days in Danbury Federal Prison Camp because I read a book a day. I'm not trying to go back to prison to read no damn books. I'm not, that's not what I'm suggesting. What I'm suggesting is I had time. <laughs> I had time, so... So I don't know. I, listen, I'm so envious of Barack Obama's reading list. I am envious. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it. I mean, I know how he does it. I know how to read. I just, I don't know how he does it. And Oprah too, she reads a lot too. I, I feel like I read a lot too because I got tons and tons and tons of books, but I don't feel like, I feel like I want to be reading like Barack Obama. <laughs> but I But I don't want to have to go back to prison to do it. That's that's the caveat for me. Like huh? when I was in when I was in uh, Danbury Federal Prison Camp, I swear to God, I read a book a day because it takes it takes thirty days for them to process you into the facility. So I wasn't processing, so I was still in the in the dorm dorm group group holding pen or whatever it is. I was I was still there, so I wasn't gonna get transferred. I mean, if I was gonna be there longer then I'd have to get transferred out to a room. But so I was, I wasn't there long enough. My sentence was 30 days. I, I served 29 days because they figured going to court counts as part of your time served. Who knew? So I read a book every day. I mean, I, I, and I still have the list because every day I would read a book. I would, I would get a piece of paper. I had a piece of paper and, uh, and I wrote down every book that I read, you know, like The Red Tent, uh, Purpose Driven Life. I, mean, I read a whole bunch of stuff. I really need to pull it out and revisit it. That's probably what I should do um, when October comes around. It's like, this was the reading list when I was in federal prison. Every day I read one book. So I think I read 28 days and 29 days, 28 books and 29 days. So, so. see, that's my dream, not to go back to prison. But to have time to read like that on my villa in Kigali. (laughs) That's, that's the retirement dream. (laughs) You know, other people are like, oh, this, that. No, I want to be able to read, just sit and read all day, every day and eat what I want to eat and stroll the grounds and go into town, you know, stuff like that. Like easy, a soft, 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 like the softest life I could get. So anyway, um. Those are the books that I got. And then I got earrings from my Sora Sandra, who uh, owns pretty Africa. So I had these on yesterday. I'll tell you about yesterday in a minute. So I got earrings and uh, I bought more earrings. Like, like I, I'm one of these people. I really, I really could sell all my earrings, but I won't do it. Um, I have a ton of earrings, tons. i when I tell you I have tons of earrings. I have tons of earrings, but I love them. I love earrings that I wear just about everything once or twice. You know, the one, some more than others, but I, I like a lot of earrings. So, uh, so the, the Elm City Lit Fest was great. Uh, we knew New Haven has a, a new poet laureate influence. Um, uh, Sharmont Little, who is influenced. You've seen her as a nurse, a, a tall, imposing brother uh, with a beautiful voice and words to make you stand up and cheer. <laughs> so. Um, uh, and he was in good company, you know, um, Yex Diaz and a couple of other people who were amazing, but, uh, here's our Newport Laurie and it comes with a little bit of money. I think it comes for a thousand, for, it's a two-year commitment, two year commitment, $2,000, a thousand each year to like, you know, show up and, uh, you know, be poetic. So, so that was a highlight. Um, Aya Beckel sang, which was lovely to hear her singing. It was hot that day. It was like hot like fish grease out there. And we were at the Q house. So there was stuff at the Stetson. The little kids were at the Stetson. And there were a couple of talks at the Stetson. Markeisha hosted a talk with the woman who wrote the Davenport's, which is uh, a YA uh, historical book. Uh, so that was really cool. I didn't, I didn't catch any of the talks because uh, I was so busy in the main space talking to authors, running my mind with authors and sitting with Dwayne Huggins, um, Ife's cousin, sitting with him and chilling because um, it was hot. So I got to run into some people that I adore. Uh, I saw Emily Bernard. She came for the for the uh, Lit Festival, which was really, really nice. Uh, and she was with Christine, which was really, really nice. Christine is the only person I know who reads, like she reads at the caliber probably more than oprah and barack put together i'm i'm just gonna put money on that that girl that woman is always reading i'm just jealous half the time with the way she just goes through books she reads so much she has relationships with the publishing houses they send her books (laughs) that's how badass she is now if i could get her to write some reviews for the inner city i'd be doing something So that was Saturday night. I was supposed to go see Corrine Bailey Ray at the Schwartzman Center. I ran out of gas. Literally, I physically could not do another thing. I was just worn out. Between the LSAT Saturday at five hours of LSAT and then Gala and then All Day Lit Fest. And I mean, I was there all day, which was great. I changed my life to make sure that I was there all day. And it was great, you know. uh so Saturday night we just convened on the porch a little bit, some of us. Um it was great. We had some you know pizza and some other stuff on the porch, lots of wine, and we just chill. it was a nice evening to just chill. Then Sunday, uh Duane dropped off some vegan donuts from Neil's because every time he's in town, that's his run. He runs the Neil's. So he brought me, so he had he he, he was bringing me two glaze, but he <laughs> he's like, Listen, listen pick something else. <laughs> He's like, I got you one glaze. I got you two glaze, but one got eaten in, in transport. I was like... <laughs> so he had a jelly donut. I was like, oh yes, I love a jelly donut. They're messy, but they're good. So I had a jelly donut and a glazed donut. It was great. And then um, I had a, 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 a gathering at the recess over at uh, the lab at Concord up there on Hall and Morse. Beautiful building. So we had a gathering of about 25 friends, came through. Um, Juanita was gracious enough to open up the third floor uh for the because the Sixth dimension exhibit is there. And so got to people got to go up and see it, walk through it. So that was really it was a really nice touch. So that was so that was nice. That was my yesterday. And it was from like five to like nine o'clock. know we had some sandwiches and some salads um it was just a nice vibe it was just a nice vibe Uh, we had cigars out there on the porch on the patio Um, linda Braganzi king showed up i hadn't seen her in a good while because she lives out there and out there on the shore so you know she works in new Haven but you know how it is. When you, I know how it is when you have kids and you got to get them to games and stuff. I don't think she has to do that so much, but you know, she's still, she's still mommy on call kind of stuff. Cause then they're not grown they but they're, you know, at the end of their high school careers and about to go to college, um, next year or the year after, I think next year. Um, so, you know, I don't see her as much, like when we see wild women, we can meet up and cocktails and drinks and all this kind of stuff so you know she can't do that <laughs> not not at the rate that i do it now because i don't got kids at the house so anyway so it was really nice to see her to catch up with her talk about uh friends that we had in common you know uh susan clenard was lovely and her husband terry i just love them so much um uh, paula her boyfriend they came Karen to walton you know, it was just lovely for all the folks Ife and Markeisha, my left and my right, you know, it was just, I just had a good time. And, and uh, Lee Busby taking, you know, Lee Busby is like probably one of the best photographers around. I mean, one of the best photographers around. So, so I got picked, he, he took some great pictures. You know, he was there, he set up his camera. It was great. I was, It was such a good time. It was such a good, his wife was there. You know she works at common ground. Um, so so we had a good time. It was a good it was a good time. Thank you, Gideon um for uh, contracting with uh, Jessica Carl, who has a catering business. So it was really nice. Um, so there was uh, Capri caprice sandwiches without cheese, caprice sandwiches with cheese, tuna. so they they really thought about me. Which was nice. They had a basic green salad, and then they had a chickpea salad in homage to Morocco. Ife had on uh, a dress from Morocco that you know for my 60th birthday. She bought a dress, and then she had on her Africa earring. You know the shape of the continent earrings. Um, so she she was really representing uh, Morocco. You know, keeping that in our minds because as y'all know, um, they had a, a 6.8. Uh, earthquake in uh, not in Marrakesh, but it affected Marrakesh greatly and the Atlas Mountains greatly. Uh, and so I heard from uh, Marianne Lume Martin, who owns uh, Janan Thompson, uh, and uh, she said, you know, the hotel uh, sustained minimum damages, uh, but they are putting all their efforts in helping their neighbors and and the citizens of Marrakesh. So uh, so I heard from her. There's a fundraising effort going on. And uh, yeah. So uh, perfect. Perfect, 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 perfect. So it was a good time. A good time. Uh, but let's keep Marrakesh in our prayers because I don't know what the... Rec- I mean, there's like over... I guess they're up to like 900 people dead and, and and that number is probably going to climb as they clear out rubble so and uh and that's no easy that can't be easy and and I had friends I've like Dory's friends were there there's quite a few people uh who were there um, in marrakesh uh, on vacation that we know from New Haven uh and they you know you know uh, and it was it was uh challenging. So, whew, challenging to say the very least. Um, so um, so I know, I, I hope the world rallies around and, and continues to support them and help them um, because I, I don't even know what that's like. I mean, I, I just can't even imagine. Uh, I can't even imagine that. So, but anyway, uh, that's the, that's all I got. You know, yesterday was wonderful. It was wonderful. You know, the rain, uh, the the rain cleared up because you know it was stormy all day yesterday. And then by the afternoon, by five o'clock, it was like, oh, okay, Babs, <laughs> go go and have your little your little soiree, <laughs> and uh, and it was uh, it was lovely. It was it was really nice. So I'm gonna do maybe one or two more with them, and uh, we're gonna do our best and uh, see what happens. So we, we you know we're gonna get it in because I love building community. It was nice to see Jacob Pradon. Uh, Malachi was there. He has a studio in the building, so it was nice. Uh, he sent me pictures. Really, really nice. So so it's gonna be good. It's gonna be really, really really good to, to do it again with some, with some additions, you know, some additions. So, um, it's, uh, it's Monday and we're back in the seat and it's nine 11. So the next hour, when I come back, I've got to talk about that foolishness of Elon Musk. I I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why we have so, so much admiration for these Cads, (laughs) so much admiration for these Cads, so much. And and he is just the worst of the worst. And yet we still keep thinking he's going to be better than what he is. And and we think that about a lot of people, you know, even though they've shown us time and time and time and time again, who they are, I'm going to do like Miss Angelou said, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. And, and and they don't have to show you multiple times you don't got to be convinced they just have to show you one time and then you could take it from there so so yeah I'll come back and talk about Elon Musk and whatever else we can get into so y'all come back 103.5 WNHH with the dog that changes tail will be busy
0: me House dogs, street dogs
1: Dogs of the world unite Dancing dogs Yeah, kind dogs Funky dogs Nasty dogs
0: I feel like that one must start this together Look what you're talking me I must not feel like that
1: Back to the second hour of Love Bath Love Talk. Harry, that was a vibe. I was all in. Like, oh, shoot. 50 years of hip hop. Oh, for, before I jump into the Elon Musk foolishness, Kamala Harris threw a party at the Hoosie at her house. She threw a party at her house. 50 years of hip hop. She was getting it in. Listen, every morning I wake up and my vice president is black. I'm happy. <laughs> She was getting it in. You can see when that break, when that beat broke, she was like, oh. you know, when the beat drop, you you got to just drop with it. She was in it. I was like, go ahead. Go ahead. Kamala Harris, girl. You was doing it. 50 years of hip hop, 50 years of hip hop. I heard an interesting conversation. I, uh, I, I can't remember who the rap artist was, but I was listening to his TikTok. I guess, whatever it was on the gram. And he was talking about how people are always he was like, no other genre of music, the artists are told why are you still a, why are you still doing that at this age? But somehow or other rappers are told if you're 30, 40, 50 years old, why are you still rapping? And and he he was making the case that, what do you mean? Like, he's it's cause he said he said, I think what people want to say is that the that the behaviors of of a twenty-year-old, we don't want to see in a forty-year-old, and I understood that, and I think he was dead spot on about that. That we we don't mind. We, we who doesn't love seeing, you know, um, 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 it, it, any of these cats. Who doesn't like public? Who doesn't want to see Public Enemy or Tribe Called Quest or Big Daddy Kane or or any of these cats? We the ones who are still alive. Well, you know, we'll we'll, we'll still go see see them because that's the their music is the is the soundtrack of our lives for most of us. I mean, I'm 60. So I, I was dead centered in in rap music, right? Um, and so I, I I don't I don't I don't think these cats should not be doing their music. And I don't think anybody who feels like it's their shot shouldn't take it. I don't care how old you are. Let me tell you something. I might put out a damn rap album next year. <laughs> Say something. <laughs> I, might, I might, I might, put me on a rap album next year. My nephew's a good rap artist. I bet you he can make some bars for me. I'd be like, give you make, give me, give you auntie some bars so I could make my own rap. I only need a few words over a, over a, a mixed beat. Let's work this out. Let's see, let's see. Let's see what we got. I think I might do that. Put my own rap rap album out there. I put a little rap on it. I want some house music. Right. I could, I could say some words over some house music. What? (laughs) I think that's what I'm going to do for for next year. You know, as I'm applying to law school. (laughs) I I think I could do it. I'm going to try. What? What's the problem? So Anyway, 50 years of hip-hop. I feel like if that's a dream, you should go for it. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you where I'm at in my life. (coughs) Well, Let me drink some more tea. Let me tell you where I'm at. I'm leaving no dreams on the table. I'm leaving no dreams on the table at all. I'm not leaving any dreams on the table so when people stand up at my memorial service they be like that chick got it in you talk about somebody did life i want them to say and i don't mean i i have no intentions of doing daredevil stuff going up in the hot air balloon is about as daredevil as i'm gonna get full stop and it was peaceful and beautiful up there and when you're up there, you really do feel like you are sitting in God's hands. Cause you are. Because <laughs> ain't no brakes on a balloon. <laughs> ain't no cushions. No, nothing is gonna inflate when you hit the ground. No, you're gonna die. <laughs> but we did it. We went up, it was great. I I we had, you know, some of Ife's friends, when they went to Marrakesh, they took the hot air balloon ride on the strength that we went and did it. And y'all know I do a whole thing about ish I won't do. It's a whole hashtag. You go look up hashtag S-H-I-T B-A-B-Z won't do. And you'll see all the things that I will not do. And there's a lot. I don't I don't have a daredevil gene in me. I don't want to drive fast cars to the speed of sound. Nope. Now I, I, I'll drive a fast car. Right. But, you know, fast for me is like, you know, 80 miles per hour. Like, that's it. Straight. (laughs) I don't need to go to speed of sound. That's not my jam. Nope. Nope. Because I don't want to crack up and die. Nope. And I'm not afraid to listen. Hear me. I'm not afraid to die. That is not the fear. That is not the fear. That is not the fear. I just don't like daredevil stuff. I don't like I don't like. I don't like chance like that. Like, I don't like to play with chance like that. I don't like it. So you I, you don't got to worry about it. I'm not going to do it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. 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 But I'm leaving no dreams on the table. I mean it. Because I don't, listen, I've got more days behind me than I do in, ahead of me. I'm not going to live another 60 years. That's just, not, I don't give a damn what technology does. I don't care what science creates. I'm not going to live another 60 years, you know? So when I hold babies, I really hold babies because I know this baby is not going to know me. I'm not going to be around when this kid gets 30 years old. I'm 60. i I'm And I'm saying 30, like, you know, like like I'm gifting myself time. Unlikely. Unlikely. So, what I will say is that I'm very deliberate about my time, who I love, how I love, where I love, what I do, where I go, what I say, what I read, what I want to be involved. I'm very deliberate and intentional about that because it's all about the savoring. I I didn't want to take nothing for granted. Nothing. No I don't I don't want to sit at home and be like oh oh I'm old and I hurt or whatever. I don't I don't care. If there's live music and I want to go, I'm going to will myself there. I I don't work in a coal mine. I talk for a living and I write for a living. Like that's not I'm not in the fields working. What what? <laughs> I'm not leaving any dreams on the table. I'm going to to experience all the experiences that I can. That's that's what I want to do. That's how I want to spend. I, I, I feel like I, I've been to the mountaintop and and I've looked over and I was like, you know what? You better get it in. I just feel like that. So that's what I'm going to. That's what I want to do. That's how I'm living. I, and I hope other people find it infectious and want to live that way, too. You know, happy birthday, Roy Ayers. And happy birthday, Big Daddy Kane. Harry, we got some Big Daddy Kane music to play us out later. You know, I, I get around. No, that's that's not Big Daddy Kane. Is that Big Daddy Kane? Anyway, so I'm just saying. So, you know, people just live, but come on, get out there and don't don't waste this time. Don't 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 waste this time whatever the dream is chase it it's all right whatever the dream is chase it just chase it chase it it's all right doesn't mean uh doesn't mean you 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 will succeed don't even it's not even about succeeding i think i think people get it twisted about success you know or dreams all you have to do is attempt Attempt is better than wishing. Wishing is, there's no commitment to wishing. Do you know what I mean? Like you can wish for things, but there's no real commitment. Wishing doesn't call you to do anything other than think about it in a longingly kind of way. That's what wishing is, you know. But when you take a wish and you put some some attitude and action under it, then you might get a miracle right? Because what is a miracle? Suspending all doubt. That's what a miracle is. Suspending all doubt and calmly believing that whatever whatever is meant for you will be for you. And suspending all doubt. Suspending all doubt. And people do it all the time. And people experience miracles all the time. All the time. It's, I don't think it's hard. I really don't. I think you have to suspend doubt. I mean, every ounce of it. Every ounce of doubt you have to suspend. and I do believe, like in that movie, Morgan Freeman says, "God answers all prayers. Sometimes the answer is no. I don't think the answer is I think the answer could be no to that in the moment, but I don't think the no is never. It might be in the moment. you know, and and maybe the moment calls you to be more creative, the moment calls you to redirect, the moment calls you to pivot. That's what the no is. The no is you can't. No isn't can't. (laughs) That's how I'm seeing no. Except when my kids was little and I say no, I meant no. (laughs) So let me preface by no say. No, no is no means no in the real world. In the real world. Consent is very real. So no means no. What I'm talking about is. If you go to achieve a thing and the first time you make the attempt, it doesn't work out. It doesn't mean that's a no. It means maybe you've got to come at this a little differently. I'm not talking about consent here. So so you people out here in the world listening, no means no. You know, what I'm talking about is don't leave any dreams on the table. That's all. Don't leave any dreams on the table. Don't talk yourself out of your blessings. That's really what I want to say. Don't talk yourself out of your blessings, and people do. I, I heard a very good quote from a friend of mine over the weekend. She's like, you know what? I don't want to die in this marriage. <laughs> and I felt that with every fiber of my being, I thought. Oh. You know, because that because I know people who are dying in their marriages. I, I'm not going to speak of nobody's, speak nothing over nobody's life. But you people know what they're going through. And what they are tolerating, and what they're putting up with, and what they're sacrificing for, and and it's it's unfair, and it's unjust, and and yeah. So anyway, leave no dreams on the table. Don't block your blessings. You know, don't block your blessings. Find a way. Find a way. If you want to write, find a way. And I have to tell myself this all the time because, you know, I'm a writer. I don't write a damn thing, except I wrote something uh, recently, but that's it. Like, that's not even writing. I mean, it's writing, but it's not writing. Uh, and I and I always think, oh, I don't have enough time. But I was like, that's not true. I purposely paid attention to a, whole, a a week of my time. And I was like, oh, I have all, I have so much time to write. So I don't even know why I would say that. That's, that's not true. When I say I don't have time to write, that is so not true. It's just not true. It is so categorically not true, and uh, that's okay. <laughs> because I got to walk in truth. I spend my life, I spend my life walking in truth, and and I, and that doesn't mean I tell other people about the truth. When I say I walk in truth, this is not me telling other people what what the truth is it's me telling me what the truth is what is the truth what's what's the truth in my own story and and how i am in the world that that's that's when i say walk in truth that's because everybody's got to do that yeah if everybody walked in their own truth not not what they like not what they imagine not what they wish what is the truth of the matter you know and 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 do that inventory stand in your life and say what is the truth here how, how am I a part of the of the greatness or the destruction of my life? How am I a part of it? What, what am I doing? And then you got to answer it truthfully, you know, because, and then once you start with the excuses and you already have the answer, once you start with the excuses, oh, but, well, and, well, you know, see, ha, well, there you go, because nothing is insurmountable. I mean, I mean, I'm never gonna be, I'm never gonna be in the Harlem Nutcracker or, you know, the American ballet theater. I'm, I'm not gonna be a principal ballet dancer. I mean I but guess what? I, I don't wanna be. <laughs> that was never my dream. <laughs> uh, but I, I I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind being in a Broadway play where I could sing and dance. I always wanted to do that. That's when I sing and dance. I was I also wanted to be a Chantreuse. you know, being a a, a a nightclub singing torch songs. Do you know what I mean? In a in a slinky dress, you know, and red lipstick. I you know I I want that vibe. You know, that's all right. I'm gonna make me I'm gonna make me a, a, make me a, a rap CD. <laughs> i was gonna I'm gonna make me a rap CD. I'm gonna see what happens. Why can't I do it? I'm gonna do it. I know, I know some rappers that could make me. And you know, I could call. Do I was like, listen, give me some funky beats so I could put some words over it. You know, I do. I want to do that. Oh, <laughs> ah, I'm not kidding. Let's leave no dreams on the table. That's my new thing. We're gonna leave no, no dreams on the table. People are calling me. I'm like, I'm working. I'm working. I'm working, I'm working. (laughs) Y'all know I'm working, right? You'd be better off leaving messages in the Facebook chat. Harry will see him and then he'll put them over here. Otherwise, I can't talk to you till 11 o'clock. That's just how it goes. So, but anyway, Elon Musk with his foolishness. So I guess they found these notes. There's some notes that got leaked of how he, what what is it? What is it called? Starlink? What is it? Whatever it is. Skynet, Starlink, same thing. And he shut it off because he shut it off for the Ukraine because they got the drones. They was gonna do a surprise attack on the Russian warships, and uh, you know they he got them. He's got them. You know, on the internet link. You know, whatever, whatever the whatever it is. I guess it's some highfalutin inter, internet thing server, right? So you could remotely do stuff. Um, and he turned it off. So that all those drones crashed into the ocean and he didn't get to because he took it upon himself because he thought in his mind he wanted to prevent Pearl Harbor. another Pearl Harbor. Now, I, I don't know where people learn their history from and this and the stuff that they make up in their heads and this false equivalency. and just the level of stupidity, it's just stunning to me. The fact that he's got government contracts. With these United States, and at any given time, this fool could say, "Well, I don't like that decision on how y'all handle this war. I'm gonna turn off starnet, Starlink, whatever it is, Skynet, whatever it is. I'm gonna turn it off cause i don't I don't like the direction that this war is going in <laughs> so if i'm if I'm a the the general guy, the head guy of the military, I'm sitting around the table right now with the president and whoever else needs to be in the room and say, listen, we got a hot mess on our hands. We can't have this. So even though that's directed at Russia, Ukraine, who's to say, who's to say that it could be another situation where we're directly involved, like you see us directly involved, who's to say he don't get a a feeling for the fever? (laughs) That, for me, that's traitorous, that's two-faced, and that's untrustworthiness. I have people should be hella worried about that, but you know, I it's, we have. I think we don't have enough smart people. I think, I feel like we don't have enough smart people in the world, or if we do, they're hella silent. One or the other. Uh, because I can't imagine that anybody would think that that was a good idea. To have that kind of power to redirect a country's efforts to protect itself, because you have some false equivalency about what is about to happen, and uh, I think that's a that's a dangerous amount of power for somebody to have. And if the Pentagon is not sitting in meetings right now screaming, then I I would be like, well, what are we doing? Because you might as well just turn the world over to Elon Musk, because he was he was touted as a hero for getting internet up for the Ukraine's for the Ukrainian country. You know, he was he was touted as a hero, patting him patting him on the back, and all the high fiving him, and all this other kind of stuff. Here I am to save the day. And then he goes and turns out the lights. Oh, click. I don't like the way this is going. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like the way this war is going. Let me move the pieces back. <laughs> Cause that's essentially what you're doing. I don't, I don't like where this is going. Gonna, let me let me move back ten paces. I find that troubling. I don't know if anybody else finds that troubling. I I'm sure uh you know boyfriend over there in Russia, uh Putin doesn't find it troubling because it's in his best interest. I don't know. It's weird and dangerous. It's just dangerous. It's just very, very dangerous. And uh I don't know what you do with that. Like I don't I don't know what you do. How do you how do you how do you bring a guy to heal that has that kind of power? And we have contracts with this cat. And we cannot sit around and be like, well, he's not gonna do that to us. I, what? <laughs> how, how do you know? Well, because we're we're America. All it takes is one time. You don't got to keep turning out the turning off the power. You got to do it one time. Uh, he's dangerous to me. He is dangerous. Just dangerous. I. And and you know he's just oh he became a new father too. Who is sleeping with this guy? That creeps me out. I don't give a damn how much money you got. I I don't care. You he is not that interesting. <laughs> And he's not even attractive. Oh! oh, Lord help you. He's got a third child with this chick. His partner. I thought they broke up. Okay. Tau, tau Techno Mechanicus. Okay. All right. Okay. Be provocative. Whatever. So. So he's got three children as, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce that. Dark Siderell, Musk, Techno Mechanicus, and X-A-E-A-X-I-I. I know that's a, I know what that is, but I don't know how to say it. Ah, weird. Weird, weird, weird. But, you know, Listen uh i he's a he's going to be a problem and i think the world has to have a conversation about that the world leaders anyway because i i find that uh i find that dangerous i i think it's uh dangerous so but Okay, so it's pronounced A-12. Okay. A-12. A-12. All right. Okay. (laughs) That's what we're going to go with. Listen, I don't want to hear that nobody talk about how Black people name their children. I don't want to hear it. I swear to God, if if I hear anybody talk about the way Black people name children and you don't reference Elon Musk, then I know you are sitting in a level of white supremacy that you don't even see, that you you can't even comprehend. <laughs> That's how deep that is for you. You, you. You'll accept this clown with the foolishness and black people just trying to give their names so that their children can have an identity separate and apart from a white gaze. Some of us anyway, not all of us. You know, so, but, uh, I would suspect that the world leaders are going to have to convene, at least zoom up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they got to zoom up and, uh, you know, zoom, meet, meet up on zoom and talk about, uh, this whole situation because I think this is uh I find this to be problematic and and we all should uh uh we all should find it uh, problematic you know what i mean so uh i i don't know so he so he withheld the, the starlink over crimea to avoid escalation but i, I don't that that's not your call, bruh. Do you know what I mean? Like, you are not a diplomat. You don't work for any. You're not on anybody's government team. You not. You can't insert yourself into these matters just because you provide a service. You know that's that's an overstep, and uh, you have got to be called to task for that. I just think it's dangerous, you know. So Starlink is a satellite internet constellation uh, operated by American aerospace company SpaceX, you know. So it provides satellite internet access coverage to over 56 countries. It also aims for global mobile phone service after 2023. SpaceX um started launching Starlink satellites in 2019. So I guess there's a bunch of them up there. Uh, I I don't Yeah, I I would say his satellite's dominance would raise global I mean, I'm sorry. We are we already seen this played out in Marvel and DC comics. Like we already <laughs> already know how this goes ain't this the Superman, Batman Wonder Woman Black Panther story, like isn't this all the same story (laughs) you know the good guy, he was seemingly he was questionable about being a good guy, but now he's going to be isn't this the Star Wars story (laughs) he's becoming Darth Vader (laughs) right is it me Am I the only one who sees this? He is becoming Darth Vader. So you, you, I mean, I think Darth, Darth Vader is a compilation of all the, the villains from the DC and Marvel comics. He's just a, a big black villain. Right? Because he's black. Darth Vader is physically, the costume is black. Because, you know, the mindset of a villain is black. And guess what? The white hats means good, white, good, black, bad. I'm not, I'm not a, and I say this all the time. I'm not one of these people. I'm not one of these conspiracy theorist people, but even I know. (laughs) You cannot miss the correlation between black and white. Elon Musk is becoming I I don't think he's becoming. I think he's always been Darth Vader. I think if you put enough satellites up there and you make everybody, 56 countries dependent on it. 56. 56 countries. Now, how many countries are in the world? That's what I want to know. And that'll give you a sense of how this is going. And once you know that, let me see, how many countries are in the world? I will tell you right now. There are 195 countries in the world. And what's not included is that is Taiwan, the Cook Islands, Niú, and those, those are associated with New Zealand. So I guess they're under the New Zealand territories. And then dependent territories you know uh special sovereignty uh autonomous territories you know uh but there he he's he provides satellite internet to 56 countries now there are only fifty fifty four 54 countries in africa 48 in asia 44 in europe 33 in latin america and the caribbean 14 in Oceania, and two in North America. So if he continues to provide satellite internet, because got a, he's already got 56 countries, how long do you think he'll have the majority of the countries? Now, I know people are sitting around like, oh, that can't happen. We're not going to let that happen. How are you going to stop it? What What are we doing? what's happening what's happening uh see this is the stuff see so instead of worrying about what trans women are you better worry about what dark vader is doing see we spend a this is this is how this is how americans get sucked in and 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 people who don't read and people who don't think about things And they only get their news from Fox News. If you're not thinking about the global impact of what that would mean to have this guy be the sole provider of a satellite internet service, you are stupid. (laughs) That's just stupidity. Stupid. There's only 195 countries in the world. He's providing service to 56. Now, no, that's not half, but damn. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. You know. So I, I has my concerns. And I think we all should have our concerns. Seriously. So I we'll see if this gets any traction. You know, if they if they talk about this. Now, if I'm the Pentagon, I don't want people talking about this. Because we need time to handle this without people you know, getting all up in our business. I there's no transparency in government, and if you think you're gonna get transparency in government, you stupid. And and you know what? I don't think people want to know what this government does behind closed doors. I don't think I don't think you want to know. I, I'm not saying you don't have the right to know. I'm saying you don't want to know. That's that's where I'm at. It's like you don't want to see how sausage is made. <laughs> You don't want to see how animals are slaughtered. You don't want to see that. Because if you see, you wouldn't eat it. You know what I mean? It's like that. Unless you live down a farm and you get to see it. You know, but the majority of us don't live on farms. We go to a grocery store, we pick up meat. We, we trust and believe that, you know, we don't got to think about where the meat comes from. No one's thinking about how animals are treated. No one. But if you start to see video of how animals are treated, it might make you sick. And you might be like, damn. I don't think i should eat bacon anymore <laughs> i'm serious that's that's the truth once you see a thing you can't unsee it and then you and then you then you can't say i had no idea because once you see it you know it and once you know it okay then you then you then you are intentional intentional about making the decisions of whether or not to do it you know <laughs> <laughs> like. Harry's like, I'd be damn. I'd be like, damn. Pass the bacon. <laughs> I'd eat it. <laughs> okay, Harry. I I don't I don't believe you. I think if you saw how animals are slaughtered and the way they are treated, I think you would. I think you would think twice about it. I think you would think twice. I think most people would. I mean, I'm I'm a chef by trade, so I. I know what it's like to process animals for slaughter. I've seen it, I've done it, you know. It's uh it it it'll give you pause, you know. And then and then and then you know, for most of us it gives us pause and we go on about our business, and then you know, we go in the restaurant and think, like, oh yeah, I like that steak. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I want that steak. So we have to think about what this means. Elon Musk taking upon himself to stand in the way of what is happening in a warring country. That's a dangerous space to be in. You know, I think that's dangerous. Um, And the world should not sit still for that. And while it might not affect what we call first world countries, at some point it might. If his ego and some kind of false moral standing gets in the way of what countries have to do to defend themselves, uh, it might be problematic. That might be dangerous. And I think those countries, United States included, to think long and hard about this. But I'll save this conversation for another day because it's time for me to go. I'm so glad we have this time together Just to sit and laugh and sing a song Seems we just got started And before you know it Comes the time we have to say So long